Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 67 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And today we wanted to talk uh, a little bit about uh, Ray's uh, vision, or I guess Ray's goal, I guess is what we were calling it, uh, and what he wanted to accomplish with, you know, over the last 30 years, what he's been trying to accomplish and what he's been trying to do to help the... His, uh, the, his fellow colleagues, his fellow urologists, and what we've all been really trying to do. So, Ray, do you want to share a little bit about kind of what, what your goal is and why we're talking about this today? Sure. Well, as ever, most people know, we started PRS back in 1989. And the reason we started PRS is because uh, we had been involved already in the socioeconomic of medicine, and they were changing the rules. And we knew that the AUA was not in the position to prepare physicians for the changes in the rules. And so we incorporated PRS. Uh, Mark and I incorporated, and Scott joined us a year later, uh, to uh, get... Uh, uh, education going for the physicians to try to prepare them for the rule changes that we saw coming. And I can tell you over the last 30 years, the rules have become more complicated than I ever envisioned they would. Well, we've been putting on seminars and, uh, and writing articles and everything during this time, and we haven't been as successful at getting everybody educated as we would like. So several years ago, we decided that what we really needed to do is start with the residents and catch them when they're young and learning and try to give them the basics. And so that we have started and we're relaunching again this year. We've modified it a little bit. We put all of that information into the uh, a nonprofit uh, corporation, and I've twisted uh, Scott's arm with PRS to provide uh, the backup material. So we're going to be providing education to all residents who are interested, free of charge during their residency. And in order to try to uh, complete this quest of getting docs and their coders to truly understanding the coding concepts and the, and the rules, we've decided to make October Urology Coding Month. And we're going to put on the big quest uh, we have uh, developed a coding course, as you know, is what we call it, but it's a series of videos that really works to get folks to understand the concepts which you have to do. Sure, and, and 
you can memorize a bunch of rules and you can apply those rules. But coding is not always black and white. So we need to understand the rules. So Mark and Scott have joined me and we're going to make the big push to try to get more people educated. Scott's got a, done a lot of numbers and Mark has been working to uh, improve coding and billing through a number of the, the clients that we have in our billing service. And, uh, and he's got some good statistics to show that understanding the system and submitting clean claims is really a possibility. Scott, you want to take him through some of the numbers? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and uh, and we we all like the uh, the goal or the quest of the urology coding month um, for uh, as October. So uh, so hopefully you'll be seeing that from our uh, in some emails, and we'll let you know kind of what we're doing for that. But let me just share with you. Okay, so I took the statistics. Uh, uh, that we uh, provided our attendees for our compensation workshop uh, last week. And this is uh, information that came from InfoDive. And I uh, just want to share with you kind of the, the average of visits and days worked and, and those things. So the average visits uh, that a urologist has per year is about uh, 5,643. And the average days work days worked is 245, which that uh, which that means that's about 23.03 visits per day worked, and uh, the the average work RVU total is 10,391, and the the total RVU total is uh, 23,922 RVUs per year. And, and also, I just want to throw in there that the cost to, to rework a denied claim is – it was calculated a, a number of years ago at $25. I'm sure it's up uh, from that, but, uh, but I want to use that statistics. That, that came in from MGMA. So also, the average uh, denial rate in urology is around 17%, and that's probably the middle of the pack of all – specialties that were uh, were surveyed and and looked at uh, with the best being otolaryngology and uh, ophthalmology at 13 percent on average so I wanted to just run through based on those numbers that I gave you that if you look at the number or the the total RVUs uh, at a 17 percent denial rate that means that 4,067 total RVUs are being denied uh, for an average urologist in an average year, which that translates with a 40 conversion factor to about $162,670. And that's in denied claims, which uh, equates to a total of 959 claims being denied per year. So... So if you were to rework all those 959 claims, it would cost your 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 time or co the the total cost would be about twenty three thousand nine hundred eighty three dollars. So it shows that 
with you know with the den- denial rates out there on average there's a lot of um, money and time being uh, money being left on the table and time being taken to rework the claims that's costing practices and and urologists uh, employed urologists uh, a lot of money so so now if we look at what uh, Mark and his crew in the billing side of things and with his clients have been able to do, they've been able to average around a five to 7% denial rate. And they've been able to get it down to that. So obviously we are a coding company that does billing as opposed to a billing company that tries to do coding. So it shows that, that with our denial rate and that, that that's what we pay attention to. That's our sweet spot. And that's what we've really taken the time to, to, apply what we know to the billing process. So so let me just give you a, a few statistics. Okay, the total RVUs at a 5% denial rate is down to 1196. So you remember that the denial rate at 7 if the denial rate was 17%, that was about 4067 uh, total RVUs, but at a 5% it's down to 1196. And the money that's left on the table for that amount would be 47,844, as opposed to the 17% being 162,670. So, so the difference there, you know, that's, that's a $114,000 difference in just learning the basics and applying the coding knowledge to the claims process. I mean, that's, that's a significant amount. So that is what we're trying to really get across here that, you know, we've proven it in a real world situation that you can do a good job in getting those denial rates down. And with that, with those denial rates being lower, you do have a big financial impact. So, so that was kind of what I wanted to share number wise and what's, you know, why it's important to really learn coding. And, and also, as Ray had mentioned that, you know, he wanted the residents started to uh, work and really get the residents, the, the bake, the basic, the basic coding training that they, that just hasn't been taught to them. And most urologists have not had a formal uh, bill, uh, coding training. And that's why we've put together the, the, urology coding course that's a digital course that uh that's available to everybody it's available to we've got one for coders we got one for urologists and we have one for residents so it does make a difference and we we really want to see if we can't uh, elevate that coding knowledge in urology as a specialty across the board so mark anything to add so a couple of things i'll add is number one um you know Correct coding is important, and we also know that insurance companies don't always play by the correct coding rules. So a a zero percent denial rate's never good. That means you're self-denying. Like you got to fight some of this stuff, but you do want to get that balance into the right realm and everything else. And and quite frankly, the other piece of it is, you know, even though we've got the the billing side and we're working claims and pushing things through 
it really is a partnership dependent relationship and that when your physicians don't give you the right documentation or the right codes right off the bat, it, it, it's a lot more work on the front end to get those cleaned up. So, you know, the, the, the focus on getting physicians, clinicians, you know, including your APPs on understanding coding, especially the 80% to 85% of what they do that's repetitive. That's, the, you know, roughly the same type of visit with the same type of codes is absolutely essential for anybody's efficiency when you look at all the work that goes into supporting billing and getting paid for what you do. And so, you know, it, it, it has to involve the provider has always been our philosophy. And the more educated the, the physician or the APP is, the better the coding, the better the chance of overturning those ridiculous, you know, busy work denials that we get. And we're getting a ton of medical record requests for a lot of things that we're doing that's, you know, it, that adds to costs in everything that we're doing. Um, but boy, if you can trust your physician's documentation to do that, that becomes a lot easier to come to flow through. So, you know, if, if you're really looking at net and that's the end, the end game is net. You know, it's not just about gross. It's about net, you know, trying to figure out the best methods as we've gone through all of this to get to the best net. It is really an educated physician or a clinician um, with solid documentation and good coding skills for at least that 85 percent so that you can, you know, allocate your resources to deal with the other 15, the, the weird stuff. Um, to to bring some assistance in and and really make everybody efficient top to bottom. It's a you know we keep preaching it's a team sport. This is really a part of the team that is absolutely foundational in in our opinion across the board. So spending the time and the effort as a clinician to actually understand this language that gets you your reimbursement is is absolutely key. And one of the reasons we've all bought hook, hook, line, and sinker into to raise, and I'm going to put it as quest rather than a goal because in the end, in the end, it may have been a goal, but if it takes, you know, 30 years and we're still not there, then it has to turn into a quest. <laughs> Very, Very <true>. good. <laughs> yes. And, and if you're an employed physician, it's even more important because you don't have control over the coders. And for you to have ironclad documentation, having a good understanding of the billing rules so you can put it in so that there is no question what should be charged for the services you provide, then that's exactly what you, you need to do. So uh, if you're an employed physician, it's even more important. I know you don't have control. You can't deal with denial. Net's not your interest, but work RBUs are. And uh, if we have a, a group of physicians that work with us through the billing service, we can get that denial rate down to the 5%. 
But if we're working with clients where the physicians are just too busy to spend their valuable time doing uh, documentation, coding, and learning the system, then we can't get it down that low either. So it is physician and provider dependent on correct data and eventually the correct codes. So uh, it's important. And we've tried to build into the coding course uh, a lot of little suggestions and coding tips and shortcuts that'll save you time, but allow you to do your job. Those that have attended our seminars have watched us uh, many times present the Wheel of Fortune. That's the 20 steps it takes from the time a patient's scheduled until the time the money's in the bank. And there's four of those that the physician should not delegate. We've always uh, wanted everyone in a practice to practice at the highest level of their license. That's the most efficient practice. All right. Agreed. Well, and I think, uh, you know, you were mentioning the employed physician. I just want to kind of emphasize the fact that, or, uh, or bring out some numbers. I think the average physician, a hospital's uh, revenue uh, is only the physician's income or the physician's RVUs only make up for about 7% of the total income for a hospital. So if you think that uh, the hospital's got your back and are watching your RVUs, you know, I think they're a little more concerned about a lot of the other things going on, but uh, but they also don't want to have a lot of denials and get you know, get caught up in, in spending their time with that. So, so that's why you have to pay attention to your, your RVUs and what you're doing in, if you're an employed physician. So you got to make sure you, you take care of that and you understand the rules. Okay. How are we kicking this off? What did you design, Ray? And uh, why do you think it's going to be uh, uh, helpful for everybody out there? Well, we thought we'd start this off with a little fun. So what we've designed is a very simple 10-question quiz that we're going to send out for everybody to take to determine what their level of knowledge is. It's uh, very simple. If you understand the concepts and the rules, you should be able to answer the questions. But if you don't understand the concepts, you may miss a few. So it, it's, it's going to be kind of fun to take the quiz and so you can see exactly where your knowledge is. Uh, this is. You're not going to be judged. Nobody else is going to know. We're not going to use that data for anything. We are just allowing you to take the quiz, and then get the answers so you can see where you are. Yeah, it's a free quiz, and we'll put it actually a link to that quiz in the episode. So uh, on the episode webpage, so if you want to go to prsnetwork.com forward slash 067, you can get a link to that. 
and it's a little bit on the the data side of the equation. We are going to look at the data to see at, at the macro level how everybody's doing conceptually. It does help us find out topics to look at as an aggregate. So, so that it's we we do care about the data. We always care about data, and you should too. Um, but we're not going to tag it down to the individual level. So, um, so that's that's one of those things that's out there. And and I think the other thing pops is having taken a look at the the quiz across the board. You know that quiz is is um, more basic concept piece and. And you are going to be diving a little bit deeper and showing them the tricks of the trade in the course to kind of get to the point where you can really help them support all those requests um, that they have for their data and really get them to that point where they're, they really are a, a valuable member of the team, right? Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. That, that's a good point. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned the data because the other ulterior motive in all of this education stuff is to improve the accuracy of urology data. The payers are using our metadata more and more to change the way you're paid, and it should be accurate. And with a 17% denial rate, just think of all the inaccurate data that's out there because most of those denials are either wrong codes uh, or in improper modifier, et cetera. And what we'd like to do is get the entire urology denial rate down. That means better data and it means better pay. So join me and let's help improve urology. All right. Well, I, and I will also say that uh, part of the, the, the quest involves uh, a 50% discount of the course if you, if you uh, join us here in September. So really uh, look forward to see if we can't get this uh, denial rate down and uh, get everybody the, the coding education that uh, they may have missed uh, along the way. All right, final thoughts, uh, Mark? So I think I got most of mine in. Team sport, play your part, those types of things. That's the real most important part of this. And, and you know, I mean, the, the, it is, I guess the only other thing I'll add on there is that, you know, if you look behind the data, there's a lot of responsibility that you place on other members of your team, you know, demographics and eligibility and all those things that result in denials. And if you can do your part and lessen their load so they can do those better, there are the collateral bonuses that are out there. Again, it's that whole feed into the, the team and the net. Um, so um, it is about pulling your weight and jumping in to, to get the money that you, you are owed. Ray, final thoughts? Well, the other thing that we need to point out is that there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of uh, misinterpretation of codes. Uh, you know, we've heard that people come to our seminars 
have later misinterpreted something we said. But at any rate, we've tried to uh, blow out all of those misconceptions in the course. And so even if you are considered to be an expert coder or you're a physician that knows what you're doing, there's still something for you to pick up, possibly. So join us and let's make urology a better specialty and improve the total income. All right, well said. Okay, with that, we'll wrap up this episode and uh, look for this information on the uh, episode page. If you want more information about this, we'll put some links on there. Once again, it's prsnetwork.com forward slash 067, episode 67. Final word to you, Ray. Happy Cody and Billy. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, The Juicery. <laughs>